So in passing yesterday, someone asked about noble silence and thinking. So thinking is always a good topic to think about. (laughs) So you do so much of it. Creates objects in the mind, doesn't it? Mental objects, mm. self, other things out there. You can juggle them around. You make virtual objects out of them. Juggle them around their head. It could be that. That could be that. And this and that. That's the way it works. It creates an object. Then you can review. Does that fit? Is that okay? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe that. That process. Uh, Making an object, vitaka, means you place your attention on something. Vichara, you handle it, you move it around. Is it that? Is it that? Could be that? Mm. So this is the thinking process, vitaka, vichara. Placing. Placing the attention, the conceiving mind. Placing the conceiving mind, mano, onto something. And then vichara, turning it around, evaluating it. Yeah. That seems right, and then the next thought, yeah. because of that, then that. Mm-hmm. Ah, but then it could be that. So it goes like that. We talk to each other like stepping stones. Put the stone in the stream, put your foot in it, mm-hmm. seems about right, okay. Put another one there, no, not there, there. Mm-hmm. Move along. Because actually, life is a stream. The experience is a fluid stream, so we, in order to moderate that, we create these thoughts like stepping stones to you know, create some ground in all that. Experience of, uh, so this is a think process, because the actual process of jitta is much more fluid. Um, Buddha said nothing, there's nothing can fluctuate so much as jitta. It's not. You can't say suffusive quality, it's a suffusive, pervading quality. No sharp edges to it. And these pervasions, you see this mentioned in the suttas, one pervades the all-encompassing world with the mind of goodwill, one suffuses the entire body with piti sukha. This is the movement of jitta, the healthy jitta, suffusing benevolent and uh, useful qualities. Mm-hmm. That. But of course, the jitta also suffuses and pervades unwholesome qualities <laughs> worry, agitation, mm-hmm. passion, mm-hmm. sexual desire, mm-hmm. ill will, mistrust, grudges, mm-hmm. things that certainly saturate the system. And the mind gets thinking on them, proliferating. Places steps in the wrong stream, rushes on down the stream into dukkha. And uh, so the, the way thought firms up the process, creating a pathway to more suffering, stress, agitation, stream that doesn't go anywhere useful. No thinking says it will. Because we believe in thinking. It's our 
reliable guide. Well, maybe so. It certainly put some stones down, some rungs on a ladder, if you like. Mm. You can do that very well, very quickly, very clearly. Uh, with statistical information. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean it's travelling in the right direction, just because it goes there quickly. So we really need to assess the quality of the stream thought is travelling in. The stream is subjective. It's, it's very difficult to find an object out of it because it's just pervading. Sometimes you don't, don't even really know. It's in the mood of the heart. It's not so clear necessarily as the thought process. It's not an object. It's how you're feeling, the mood tone. Many people don't really even recognize it. Unless it's strong, feeling really miserable or excited or happy. And by and large, the, it's the quieter tones of the heart, the quieter suffusions are much more um, useful. Yeah. Because in those, because they're quieter and steadier, the mind, when it enters those, is steadied, calmed, and uh, doesn't lose its footing. Yeah. Often these, these are positive tones of heart, a little bit slower, gentler, move through the system, they don't flare, fire, jump. So when you, it's one way of checking whatever your thoughts, however justified your thought processes are, and you're assessing yourself or other people or situation around you, or this is this, if that's that, and it's always like this, and he never does that, and wait a minute, this is going, what's the energy of it? Mm. Checking the energy of it. it means you hover over the thought process. Uh, and listen more deeply beneath the topic of the thought to the stream that it's flowing in. Emotional stream. Yeah. We might very well say, well, yeah, I am a bit disappointed or something, and that needs to be thought about. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> and just hover a little more so that, yes, one does think about it or relate to it. But often the first relationship that we make with our uh, disappointed or troubled thoughts is just, hmm, is it, what does this energy need? It needs some soothing, some steadying. Don't lay down a track of impetuous, impulsive thought, impulsive reactivity to it. That's what soothe the heart. It's disturbed agitated, flattened or something, soothing it. And then this is a useful pervasion of kindness and compassion, sympathy. Yeah. If those seem to be, well, I, I can't make that, you know, I don't feel very kind, I'm just feeling it in your body. Skin tone, tone of the blood. The energy in the body, steady, calm, the energy in the body, breathing in, breathing out, and 
so that the, you're able to be a little more clear about the quality of heart and one can then see that or relate to that as an object because these tones are not easy to experience as objects it takes some skill mostly they're just how I am and then we create the objects because of her I'm like this or because I never get this the thinking mind creates an object for us to that bolsters up, that supports that mood and one level, one way you could say there's an accuracy to that I am, you know, disappointed that I wasn't invited to this or I, you know, something like that yeah mm. so but then it's the disappointment it's created <laughs> that uh, we didn't notice that we were you know, we weren't invited to that but we were you know looked after you know given a place to stay, cared for uh, somebody had a kind word for us we don't notice the good things because the negative mood has given us a focus on one particular point that wasn't quite the way I expected it or wanted it to be the rest of it's disappeared and that's what, that's what can happen, that's what thought can do, that's its function, in fact, is to ignore most things in order to get to one thing. Yeah. The stream is many currents in that stream of life, some positive, some we agree with, some we barely notice, some disagree with, some so what. And the thought process then selects one particular quality and makes a point out of that. And this is, of course, great if you're doing technical work. You don't want to be noticing the sound of the cat or the weather. You're only focusing on your particular job you're doing, you know, figuring out a, a problem or working on something or the other. So your thought process very much shapes you know, and ignores, just you know, moves away. The afflictive state. We ignore the unafflicted, putting it mildly, putting it simply. In the afflicted state, we ignore the unafflicted. In the impassioned state, we ignore the non-impassioned. Yeah. In a state of greed, we ignore the signs that don't give us greed. The mind is obsessed by lust. We pick up some particular object, some particular feature that will help to support that. And then it becomes dominant, that becomes the total truth. Nothing else is true. This is actually it. Mm-hmm. The negative affliction is then given energy and power and carries on. The thought has to be not just suppressed, because suppressing thought by itself doesn't necessarily deal with the underlying stream, emotional stream. And what could be the case, in fact, in retreats is that you know, because we've been doing things and thinking about this, that and the other, the things we've been thinking about and occupying ourselves with, 
have given a whole set of uh, material for us to absorb into, and underlying streams have not been revealed because they've been buried under this, uh, you know, amount of ideas and notions and plans and da 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 da. da. They take the plans away, they remove the activities, the underlying streams come to the surface. Suddenly, well, what's going on? It must be because of the situation around me, because of you know the lack of this or the presence of that. That's what it is. <laughs> That's the only thing that's changed. Now what's changed radically is the removal of other activities. And then these underlying streams, which were actually always potentially present, rise to the surface. They called anutsaya, latent tendencies, ill will, sense desire, and so on. So, yeah, so they can feel very personal, but they're pretty much standard. Late streams, these streams, these latent tendencies rising up. A lot of our practice, a lot of our practice is about several things. To drain that stream, start, you know, notice you're going into the ill will or the sense desire or the doubt or afflictive quality of another, just notice it's afflictive. And Take responsibility for it. Okay, let's look at that particular topic. It keeps coming up again and again. Hover over it. Pause. Right now, the external object is not present. It's now an internal object, a mental object. The event, the story, the history, the past, the person is not there. Right now, this is an internal object. And we take responsibility for it. It's not guilt, it's just the recognition of this is where you can handle it. And hover over that. What's the. And try to listen beneath the topic into the energy of that. And the act of deep attention, establishing yourself in your body in your aditana, in your foundation. The foundation doesn't keep shifting and jumping around. It's a stable place. The foundation can be a precept, it can be a, a breathing, it can be, you know, whatever. But it's the place that isn't jumping around. That's why it's called a foundation. Standing feet on the floor, spine, back, very nice, simple foundation, where there's some stability. And I do, as a digression, do recommend standing meditation, particularly if you have problems with your back and knees, because um, you know, it's giving you, uh, you're able to, if you develop it, you can almost rest your body on your feet, with the muscles, you get the balance, you let the muscles relax in your shoulders, in your face, your arms, your belly. And just let the legs and the knees and the, and the feet support you. And then 
beauty of standing is you can't drift away that far because you're going to fall over. So it just holds you there. Balancing on your feet, keeping your, your posture light, not gripped. Just using the sense of balance. And you certainly notice these tides flowing, energy tides. And a bit dizzy or you know, drifting around, using it again and again. Returning, deliberately placing. So vitaka, a deliberate placing. And um, this is the initiation of thought that maybe doesn't sound very much like thought because there's not a lot of verbal uh, material in it. At least in meditation there isn't. It's just basically that kind of... Then you've got it. Mm. And then listen deeply. Feet, body, posture. Is it all there yet? Any tension, relaxing, opening, brightening. Of course you can do this sitting as well. Using a different part of your body to rest on. And then vichara, assessing it. How is this? And this this is considered to be this process is considered to be uh, the standard way of uh, meditating. You choose a skillful, use your that which you've made a foundation for your meditation, and then you use vitaka vichara on that. And uh, beauty of the body as a meditation experiences that the body has the energy that powers everything else, powers the mind. So if you're able to uh, moderate, uh, access, moderate, clean, purify this, then what's, uh, what occurs is that the, the, the placing becomes unnecessary because it's established. Vichara is no longer active, it's just a, a dwelling in and enjoying. And this is called the Aryan silence. There's no thinking, very minimal. That's, that's, the, that's the real meaning of the term. For most people, but it's not going to be like that. It's going to be, uh-huh, uh-huh. trying to lengthen the listening so the placing of attention is quite brief. Mm-hmm. Listening, so you think short, listen long. Which is, is a great cultivation because mostly people think long and don't listen. <laughs> or listen short. You know, the mind is such a driving kind of creative force. So we don't necessarily listen to our thoughts at all in a, in a deep, quiet way rather than a comparing and criticizing and, da, 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 and fiddling, tweaking way just listen with no tweak how is this feeling the energy in you how it's jumping bristling, surging and spreading and widening your awareness over it so the energy has more room to soften and 
will gradually subside if you don't keep throwing things into it rather like if you have a you know hose pipe with water in it the hose the water comes surging out but if you put that hose pipe into a vast lake the water immediately dissipates and doesn't create a strong current so the energy is wider helps it to dissolve light placing and uh, um, going to be the case probably that uh, that placing has to happen quite frequently because the mind when it's in is, is compulsive stream some things are afflictive in an obvious way some are just compulsive compulsively planning compulsively figuring compulsively daydreaming um, these are not necessarily you know, associated with heavy defilements, but they are uh, a sign that actually what's occurring in a subconscious way is that one keeps creating oneself, one keeps creating ground out of thought, something to rest on, something to get involved with, something to play with, because the foreground has not been properly established. And the nature of the, the false grounds, it creates thinking, creates the thinker who delights or worries or is involved with their thinking. So we get very self-absorbed. Thinker is created by the thought. When you have a proper foundation, the thinker is diminished. Mm-hmm. Because the proper foundation is not about um, history. Oh, I did this and I did that. I did this. It's not about the future. I could do this, I could do that. It's not about what do people think of me? Am I this? Am I that? Uh, think about what, what's he like? Is he like this or could he be like that? So it doesn't, it doesn't create these agitations of the, the person who's going to make, who's going to change anything or make things better or advance. It's, person is created with a bhava the bhava the continuing existence of the thinker which is developed through the continuing existence of the thought (laughs) if the thought is not continually existing just deliberately uh 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 and then listening the thinker with a history and his future, and his opinions, and his comparisons, is redundant. It's just the, the deliberative appreciation of the foundation, the meditation topic, which is not a person. It's not something in the future, it's not something in the past, it doesn't have history. It's not located in a particular set of circumstances. The foundation. Okay, so we use this word very broadly because you have to find a foundation. The meditation topic ideally is a foundation. What what can you rest on? 
what can your mind easily or readily access and stabilize with access and stabilize with that's conducive to still steadying non-proliferation non-accumulation just simple steadying so that we're using the meditation object as something that the object itself breathing, walking, standing, sitting, listening, in a mantra, metta, something that does not keep generating the historical, circumstantial person. That leads to the diminishing of that. And that's a relief. That's a relief, that's open. Your life is open. It's not the same scenarios going on over and over again. The same passions, the same grievances, the same fears, the same worries, the same personal image going on over and over again. That's one of the aims of meditation. Now we call, can make our meditation object to something that you're good at this, or not good at that, how do I do this, should I do that? This is not this is not suitable. Yeah. So something that's you can access with like you know sixty, fifty, sixty percent of effort or energy maximum. Something you don't have to restrain for. In a sense, enough to give you a sense of purpose. Go there. So there's a certain purposeful hmm. It's not flippant, it's a purposeful mm. So it's, that's the kind of effort required. You, a deliberate, not, not a, uh, can I get to that point? Maybe I should. No, that's not, the right, that's not the right object. You can place it on. Enough effort is needed to give you a sense of this, and therefore forget that. Shaping, deliberate shaping effort. You see what I mean? Because that then the mind is creatively involved and the thinking mind is given something to put its energy into. And the results are the energy of the mind is shaped by that. It becomes purposeful, discerning, directly apprehending. The energy and the formation, the shape and the behaviour of the mind, rather than something that grabs compulsively and clasps, or just skips over lightly and forgets, you know, drifts along just a little bit of this, uh, with the minimal attention, and uh, doesn't really matter on the next thing. Uh, no, it's do it that, mm-hmm. and then that, and then that. Mm-hmm. Evaluate, deepen into that experience. This is just a really good exercise for training one's mind. You can't apply deliberate, steady attention to it. Perhaps you shouldn't be attending to it. Or perhaps you need to learn. If you can do something, do it properly. Doesn't mean do it compulsively, 
doing it with a nagging sense of perfectionism, doing it to impress it yourself or to prove something to others, but just speak as a deliberate placing and evaluating. How is this? Mm. And say, place short, linger long. And then the, uh, that's often what is uh, needed in the depleted condition of uh, chitta that hasn't been uh, well trained or well guided over years, depleted state, because it does get frayed, overwhelmed, tangled, cluttered. Attitude always is, well, what's helpful here? What does it need? What's easeful? What's uh, warming? What's uh, encouraging? And this sympathetic relationship and ukampa to dwell with a mind of sympathy. And so then, the, then the jitta feels its heartfulness is then evolved. We're not just you know, doing abstract projects or abstract strategies, but things that warm the heart. An attitude is about steadying and enriching and, and uh, nourishing the heart. And, you know, it may seem like, well, we're not doing very much to do that because it's not really much games or fun or pleasant conversation or, you know, things like that. These are, though they are, they are, can be quite strong or rather superficial, they don't deal with the underlying tendencies, they just place stuff on top of the old unawakened mind. So instead we use this time to strip away, to lighten up, to let revealed, like you're taking the, ah, uh, uh, Bandage off a wound. <laughs> okay, it's like this. And what's needed here? And an attitude of the what's called the um, sama sankapa mind that is not going to get involved with sensual delight, sensual gratification. A mind that's not malicious. A mind that has sympathy rather than lack of sympathy. A mind that has the ability to bring forth goodwill rather than a mind that doesn't. And so encouraging this in this very important domain because uh, you know, there's something rather precious and to be cultivated here for our immediate well-being and because a mind that is both made happy in this way through clearing its distress and compulsiveness, is the kind of happiness that is conducive to samadhi and to liberation. That's the stream, that's the way it goes. If it is cultivated, the mind naturally settles down because you're not dealing with placing things on top of it, you're dealing with untangling its confusion this confusion untangles, it's brightened, it naturally settles. And settling, then you have the ability to really 
see things clearly. So learning to place your thought, place your attention on a footstep at a time. Start to even think, I'm walking up and down. No, 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 no. You start to think, I am breathing in and out, I'm doing, I'm doing mindfulness of breathing. No, 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 that's not it. Where did this I am come in? Conceiving of walking up and down, conceiving of standing, conceiving of meditating, is uh, not direct. In fact, if you directly attend, there's no walking. It's just a sensation, an energy moving, that shifts and moves. One knows this. You're training yourself to, to place directly in the moment. Nobody meditating. It's just this breath, this sensation, this turning of attention, this placing it, listening, releasing what is no longer needed. All this week is our cultivation and things are released by the fulfillment of something that allows them to release fulfillment of steadiness fulfillment of well-being of contentment fulfillment of strength and so every letting go requires a fulfillment to allow it Therefore, we should tend carefully, deliberately, to where our fulfillment, our aditana, and resolution, and foundation is, and derive the benefits from that.